Hello, and welcome back to episode 7 of the LGBTQ Experience, brought to you by the students of Collège Jeanne Sauvé. In the previous episode, we discussed all things pansexual. We covered a celebrity with this identity and much, much more. In this episode, we will be talking about what it means to be bisexual. We will be talking about media representation, stereotypes, and we will also be interviewing a fellow student. We hope that you find this episode interesting, informational, and entertaining. Hello and welcome back to episode 6 of the LGBTQ Experience. But before we start on that, we should introduce ourselves. My name is Sophia and I am one of the hosts for today's episode. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm also going to be hosting today's episode. Today we are going to be focusing on the topic of bisexuality. Before we begin, we should talk to you about what being bisexual means. To be bisexual means to have a romantic or sexual interest in more than one, or all, genders such as male or female. A common misconception is that being bisexual only means two or more, but in reality it can be whatever definition the bisexual person says. To end the segment, being bisexual can mean whatever the bisexual person feels. Personal preference is always the most important thing. Hello and welcome to the stereotype segment of this episode. In this segment, we'll be discussing stereotypes commonly associated with bi people. Our first stereotype is that bi people are promiscuous. This is just not true. Some bisexual people might only date one person in their life, and other could date many. Just because you like both genders doesn't mean you have to be with both genders. Your sexuality doesn't and shouldn't define how you approach dating. Kind of like our next stereotype that all bi people are cheaters. Again, just because you like both genders doesn't mean you have to be with both. So therefore, being bi doesn't mean you have to date both genders. Especially at the same time, this stems from the stereotype that bi people will date anyone due to being attracted to both genders. Okay, I've heard this one like a lot, or like met people who have experienced these things where it's like, often it's like, they're like, oh, well, for example, if it's like uh, a girl who's bi and is dating a guy, they're like, oh, well, you're just actually straight because you're dating a guy. Yeah, I've heard that too. It's hurtful. Yeah. It's like, it's just, just because you like both. It's like, for example, if you like, there's two options at a birthday party. There's vanilla cake and there's chocolate cake. At the birthday party, you could only have one slice, for example, and you pick the chocolate one, not because you like it more than the other, just because you're feeling like that one, or, you know, you don't have to pick both at the same time. Yeah. Right? And that's exactly it, right? If you like someone who isn't the same gender as you, or if you like someone who is the same gender as you, you're still bisexual. It doesn't matter. You can still have... It does not matter, if you get what I mean. Yeah, I totally get what you mean. All right. Another stereotype is that being bi is just a phase. This is a rhetoric commonly said by parents or friends of a bi person. Many people fall back on this, hoping that the bi person is in question or is just going through a phase and will choose one gender or the other, usually the opposite gender. Not only that, it pins bisexuality as something immature and puts it on the same level as something like an emo phase and is something that will go away. But being bi is something that stays the same for your whole life. I agree. Another phrase used by bi- biphobic people is, you can't be bi, you've only dated one gender. Let's get one thing straight. You don't have to prove your sexuality. Therefore, you can be bi, but only date one gender. This can also tie back to an earlier stereotype that bi people are promiscuous, and therefore have to constantly quote unquote prove they're bi. Yet another stereotype is that bi people are looking for attention. Being bisexual is a part of an identity, and being proud of it isn't bad. 
So assuming that bi people are just straight people looking for attention is a harmful stereotype that affects the whole community. Imagine like looking at the problems bisexual people face and thinking, oh, they're just doing that for attention. Half of the attention that people who are not straight get are not positive, unfortunately. Yeah. And if people think that you, like anyone who is bisexual is just pretending to get attention, I don't think those people would get the attention they're looking for. They'd get negative attention. And I think the people who say these things are ignorant to the actual problem because it's very obvious that it's not easy and that it's not just something fun that you do so other people pay attention to you. Uh, because typically it's the wrong kind of attention that you end up receiving. Yeah, I agree with that. Thank you for listening to this segment on Bias Stereotypes. And now on to our segment on media representation. Hello and welcome to the media representation segment where we'll be talking about important people in the bisexual community, specifically media representation. Today we will be talking about Lady Gaga and how important her media influences is to us in the community. Lady Gaga was born March 28, 1986, and would become one of the biggest pop artists by releasing her first song called Just Dance that she wrote in under 10 minutes. Her support in the LGBTQ community is super well known when she released a song called Born This Way, which has the lyrics such as, No matter gay, straight, or bi, lesbian, transgender life, I'm on the right track, baby, I was born to survive. The song has had a huge influence over the community by giving people in the community confidence to be who they are. Lady Gaga has said while visiting a stork stonewall bar in New York City, I may not, to some people, be considered a part of this community, even though I like girls sometimes. I would never degrade the fight that you've endured, and has also said in an interview with Jonathan Ross that she got inspiration to write Poker Face, another iconic song, by thinking of women while being, with, while being romantic with her boyfriend. She is bi, but has more of a preference for men and likes women sometimes, as she is quote saying, her influence and support for the LGBTQ community is greatly appreciated with all her songs she has released. I love Lady Gaga. She's awesome. Like, looking back, like, when I was younger, like, I heard her music a lot. Like, when I was younger, I didn't really pay attention to actual music artists and things like that. I was just like, hey, these songs exist. I don't know who they're by. I don't know that there's such a thing as artists, but, you know. And now I'm looking there, I'm like, a lot of the songs that, like, I remember hearing, especially back in, like, 2015, um, were Lady Gaga songs. And a lot of them happened to fall under ones that kind of have representation and things like that and like support for the LGBTQ plus community which even back in that time would have been much more rare than it is now I mean goodness sake they didn't even teach about it in school yet then so uh, for her to release those songs at that time I think was very brave of her especially knowing how bad the internet can be for that Um, yeah I love Lady Gaga she's great she's amazing Thank you for listening to the media section of the podcast, and stay tuned for our next section where we interview a fellow student from CJS. Okay, so we will be interviewing a student from CJS, uh, August. Hi. Do you receive more support or, or homophobia in your life? Um, for me mostly, I have received a lot of support, um, m- mostly from parents, friends, and people like that. That's great. I'm glad that you have because, um, you know, it sucks. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of people that don't get support, but I'm glad that you are one of the people that do. 
Is there a story that you have related to like being bisexual? Um, kind of, but not really. It's not. It's a bit more of like the story how I found out I was bisexual. Well, that's fine. If you're comfortable sharing that, then you can. All right. Um. So this was in around uh grade five. Um, I think it was grade five at least. Um, there's this one guy I. I liked and um like it was it wasn't too much of like liking him too much it was just kind of it was a bit of a crush I had on him because I thought he looked cute and I was like huh maybe I like guys um and I was like huh maybe I'm gay but then I still liked um girls and other people um I didn't have many, like, I didn't really know anyone who was not male or female back then. So I was thinking, huh, maybe I am, uh, maybe I, so like I, the idea of like liking, I just thought to myself, huh, maybe I'm gay. Um, but I still liked um, girls a bit. Uh, so I thought to myself, Huh, I don't know exactly what term to use here. Um, after a while, I figured, like, in around grade 7 or 8, um, because I wasn't thinking of uh, sexuality and stuff as much during grade 7 because of a giant global pandemic that happened a few years ago. Um, so there was very little face-to-face -face communication back then. Um, and uh, and then I was like, huh, I still like I still like girls and boys. Um, and then by then I had started to meet some like I had met occasionally some people who were um, non-binary and other stuff. And I was like, even if like there currently isn't aren't people that um, like by then I had thought, huh, maybe I am bisexual. Because by then I had heard about what bisexual is, like the term, um, and I thought to myself, huh, maybe I am. That's really... And, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. You can yeah. continue. You continue I, I, don't, I don't have any other. Oh, okay. Right, so. okay. Um, I think that's, like, great. I mean, like, a lot of the time, mm -hmm. people think that one day you just wake up and you're like, oh my god, mm -hmm. I'm gay, and I know every single thing ever possibly that I could know about that. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's not how it works because obviously, I mean, it can take, it really depends on the person. It can take anywhere from, you could wake up one day and know, okay, but it's very rare. Um, a lot of the times it, from experiences that I've heard from people, it kind of takes around six months to two years to figure things out, especially since, I mean, at least my age, my group, um, of my class, classes and the years I've been in school, um, we just started actually talking about it in like fifth grade. And now there are people learning about it in first grade and kindergarten. So the change in the last few years has been pretty drastic, which is great. Um, but, you know, obviously, um, because it's been so um, 
because there's been so much change. I mean, for us, we started learning about it, uh, but not a lot. And so it can take a little longer. And that's kind of what can also happen uh, if you don't learn it at all. Um, Jamie, do you have anything to say on this? Uh, not really. Not really? Okay. We can move on to the next question then, I think. What are some of your struggles as a bisexual person? Um, mainly some of the struggles I've had. Um, I haven't had too many external struggles, but I had have had a few more um, small internal ones, mainly about just questioning whether or not um, and being confused am I gay? Am I straight? Like, that, that was mainly before I had heard about the term bisexual. Um, and I was, like, worried, to and, like, I have still spent some time, uh, like, even recently, like, wondering, am I bisexual? Because um, if I, like, like, I have, like, sometimes been, like, attracted to uh, people who are, like, non-binary, so I'm, I've but like that was before I like learned like I think going back to one of the previous points made in like the stereotype segment that um that like the stereotype saying like you just like um boys or girls um but I was like huh maybe I like um and then like I learned that oh it's not just two genders it can be more than two genders so yeah I think that's why it's important to like talk about those things, right? I feel like a lot of the time people are like, oh, they don't need to like have like a specific label or thingies, but it's like really good for people to like be taught these things because they can realize more things about themselves and they can, it's easier to find yourself. Because I know that like, I know that like when you're really confused, it's very like, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. How in the world am I going to figure this out? And then one day, magically, a label comes along and you're like, wait, my life's been saved, guys. Um, but yeah, I think it's like, but imagine if like we could have learned that earlier, right? The main topics that I think we learned about, I, don't, I know I can speak for me anyway, I don't know if I could speak for you guys, but the main topics, like we learned about the acronym, but the main ones we focused on were lesbian and gay, mainly gay. I think. And so I bet that caused a lot of confusion because it's like, oh, are these the only two sexualities that exist? Meanwhile, no, no, they're not. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that um, people are learning about them more now so they have less stress and confusion in their life. All right. Should we move on to the next one? All right. Yeah. Uh, what are some stereotypes that you've heard yourself? I know we've had like one similar to this, but um, I've mainly heard a few of the ones um, mentioned, and like it wasn't more directly like stereotypes I had heard of, but like kind of questions I was wondering myself about, like coming back to like one of the earlier things where I was like wondering, is it just that you can only like two specific genders? Like, at first I thought that was something that it was, and that's kind of more misinform like misinformation or, like, not knowing fully everything about uh, stuff. Like, that's probably one of the closest things I've had to experiencing a stereotype or something. Just kind of, like, yeah. internalized stereotypes that your mind yes. is kind of like, 
hey, what if it's this? What if it's that? Yeah, I've had, yeah. I've had a lot more experience with more internal ones. Yeah, that's pretty common. Um, have you ever had a peer or a person uh, your age uh, disrespect you because of your sexuality? Um, I don't think I have, or at least not a uh, time that was notable enough for me to recall at the moment. That's good. That's that's great, because a lot of the people that uh, we've talked to have had experiences, so that's that's great that you haven't. Yeah. Uh, means we're moving forward a bit. Yeah, but the thing is, is that that might also just be, like, there's still probably plenty of people that have had those experiences, sadly, and perhaps it's just, like, I don't know if it's... Like, perhaps people have had, like, there's probably a lot more people who have also, who have had uh, issues with being, like, judged or stuff like that by a peer. Yeah. But perhaps I'm just, like, I don't want to say I am lucky necessarily that I haven't had to deal with any of that because, like, I wish kind of, like, just luck and experience didn't have like it's not an exact roll of the dice like with intersectionality and stuff like I've probably I'm probably someone who has had a decent amount of privilege throughout their life so someone with less probably has and could have experienced like a lot worse than me yeah I feel and like I, I've, sorry. I've sorry sorry I've had relatively like nothing happening happened to me throughout my life so it probably it's different for every single person i feel like it shouldn't be have to be something where it's lucky just yeah. to be able to like live your life without discrimination mm-hmm. i feel like it really sucks that you have to be lucky not to experience it i mean i'm mm-hmm. very glad you haven't but like i feel like we should just be able to live our life and not have to like i wish we didn't have to talk about these problems because the problems didn't exist unfortunately yes that is a fantasy world that does not exist at the moment so that's what we're working towards anyway mm-hmm. uh jamie do you have anything to comment on this segment like uh not really but it's good that we talked about the stuff yeah i agree i think that's great all right thank you august for your time today Uh, It's been really fun interviewing you, and we will be moving on to our next segment. Hello, and welcome to the early history segment. We just finished our interview, um, which went very well. I'm very happy that we got to interview August with us today. Uh, Alrighty, so let's dive into it. In ancient China and Japan, homosexuality and bisexuality were both documented. Ancient Japanese art prints called Shunga depict sexual relationships and complex details, including same-sex relationships. Ancient China had similar work. In the Han Dynasty in China, 206 BC to 220 AD, bisexuality was normalized. Many emperors had their male companions separate from their wives. Writing in the Journal of the History of Sexuality, James D. Seymour, agrees that relationships between men were widely accepted and sometimes formalized by marriage, adding that almost all of the emperors of the last two centuries BC had male favorites. Starting from the 19th century, historians documented multiple self-declared or openly living as bisexual historical figures. 
These include several well-known writers, singers, and artists. However, living openly as a bisexual person was rare due to stigma. A few famous openly bisexual figures were the famous writer Hans Christian Andersen, 1805 to 1875, and an English poet, Lord Byron, 1788 to 1824. Skipping to the Stonewall Riots, also known as the Stonewall Uprising, on June 28, 1969, at the Stonewall Inn, a gay club in New York's Greenwich Village, many bisexuals participated in the uprising, which is a key historical figure for the entirety LGBTQIA community. This is a quote. Brenda Howard, a known bisexual activist, is known as the mother of pride because she created a one-month Stonewall anniversary rally in July 1969 and then took part in coordinating the Christopher Street Liberation Day Parade in 1970, known as the first Pride March. If you would like more information about the Stonewall Riots and how bisexuals were a part of the uprising, I recommend visiting history.com slash gay rights slash the Stonewall Riots. When the HIV slash AIDS pandemic began, bisexual activists fought for their recognition. They also fought for cisgender women and transgender people. Vanita Porter, a black woman who advocated for these groups, was well known to be bisexual. She was an activist of the Prostitutes Union of Massachusetts and called off the Your Old Tired Ethics Organization. In 1985, the Bisexual Resource Center, BRC, was founded as the East Coast Bisexual Network. There in 1987, the first article from the bisexual community in a national lesbian or gay publication in the United States of America. The article of the bisexual movement, Are We Visible Yet? by Lan Ahumamato appeared in the official civil disobedience handbook for the second national march on Washington for lesbian and gay rights. We've only had a few topics surrounding bisexual history. If you'd like to learn more, I suggest looking at the websites we have linked in the description and doing your own research. Hampton is full of lies, so it's a good idea to have some ground rules before finding the best information possible. We suggest using the article Research Using the Internet from the University of Toronto, written by W. Brock MacDonald, Academic Skills Center, and June Seal, UTM Library, which is linked in the description. Although its approach is more for a student writing for academic purposes, we find it follows good rules when researching the internet. Yeah, that, was a, that was a great segment. Uh, who wrote that? That was Sarah. Thank you to Sarah for writing that. Yeah, Sarah found a lot of really good information. She worked very hard on that. So thank you, Sarah. Yay, Sarah. I learned something new today. Welcome to the celebrity segment of the LGBTQ Experience podcast. Today we'll be going over several known celebrities and their experiences coming out and being bisexual. Take Billy Joe Armstrong, lead singer of the band Green Day, as an example. He came out in the popular LGBTQ plus magazine, The Advocate. I think I've always been bisexual. I mean, it's something I've always been interested in. Another great example of bisexuality in celebrities is actor Kit Connor, most well known for his role as Nick Nelson in the TV sensation Heartstopper. The show centers around teenagers being forced to out themselves before being entirely comfortable with their identities. For this reason, Connor was especially uncomfortable as he felt pressured to come out on the court of social media. He ended up making a blunt Twitter post explaining his annoyance with fans and concluding that he was, in fact, bisexual. So we did do episode one of this podcast ever was on Heartstopper, but the situation with Kit Connor being forced to come out, a lot of people were convinced he was queer baiting. And um, so uh, internet toxicity and framing and all these things uh, forced him to come out so people would stop um, framing him for things and saying he was doing things that weren't true, uh, which is unfortunate because the entire point of Heartstopper was to show that no one should be forced to come out and everyone should take their own pace, as shown with Kit Connor's character 
which you know like it's it's not a great thing that he was no it's not yeah. it's it sucks that um people felt that way and felt that they uh, they they just kind of assumed that he was straight uh and said well if he's not straight then he he should tell us which is not okay because everyone should be um should be let know that they can come out on their own terms and not feel forced and so i feel like a lot of people were like talking about how his twitter post was too blunt and he was too rude about it genuinely i don't think it was because if i'm being honest he didn't do anything wrong and people were trying to force him into something that was pointed out in the show he was in and these people completely violated his comfort and made him uncomfortable online and so I think for him to explain quite literally what they did, um, I don't remember the exact words he said, but he said something along the lines of what we've said. The entire point of the show is to show not to do exactly what you did. And I think he was very truthful about that, and I'm glad he was because he is absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not cool they made him, like, out himself. I know. I didn't I didn't know about that until the Twitter post came out and I was like, Oh, that is really sad. That's not cool. Yeah, I didn't know about that either because I don't really watch Heartstopper. Yeah. Everyone has different experiences being bisexual and none of it is invalid. Some experiences are better than others. As we saw with these examples, always do what makes you feel safe and comfortable. Yes. Preach. Preach that. Love that. Incredible. All right, um, I think next we'll be moving on to our talking segment. So, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. All right, welcome to the talking segment. This is definitely, like, one of my favorite segments because we can just talk about everything. Anything that we want. Anything that, well, I mean, it has to be, like... Yeah, as long as it's on topic. <laughs> on topic, yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, this is our seventh episode of the podcast, which is really great. And this is our first, for those of you who uh, don't know... Um, this is our first uh, uh, episode that we've recorded in the 2023-2024 school year. So we are back at it. It's almost been what? We've released our first episode on the 1st of February. So our year anniversary is coming up pretty pretty soon. Um, so we'll have to celebrate that with some cookies, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to see. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, um, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm pretty excited because this is my first time ever hosting or ever being on the podcast. Yes, um, we have quite a few new members this year, but Jamie is one of them. He is going to be um, in a lot of our upcoming episodes uh, because he is a host. So you will be hearing a lot from him in the future episodes. So you can look forward to that. Um, yeah, I'm going to be a re- reoccurring character. A reoccurring character. Your favorite one, potentially. Woo. Just like, you know, we're like a story. And like people are like, this is my favorite character from this this show. I'm here all year, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie. Jamie is better. We love Jamie. So do you have any thoughts on like what we've talked about? Uh, I mean, I, I learned a few things that like about the Heartstopper thing. Yeah. Uh, I learned a few pretty interesting things in this episode. I learned a lot from the early history segment. I think Sarah, um, who wrote it, did a very good job. Um finding all that information because she wrote like a full school project yeah which it was very detailed uh we were wondering hmm will we be able to read this all we we did we did read it all and it was pretty good 
So I'm very happy with that one. That was a very, I think I learned the most from this episode probably um, just because of all that information. Um, yeah, Sarah did a really good job. She did. I know. I think this, and then we had summer vacation. So, um, just, you guys kind of like forgot about it or? No, we didn't forget about it. Just we, over, over the summer, we don't really do anything because oh, yeah. uh, it's a school related podcast. We can't go record anything anyway. Um, but, um, yeah, um, I'm not inter- entirely sure when this episode will come out, but, um, uh, it will come out of the closet sometime. Um, I, I'm so, I'm so funny, guys. I'm so I, funny. I was literally just about to say that. <laughs> you, like, read my mind. Yeah. Yeah, we... We, we, we share a brain cell. Yeah, we do. Um, except Jamie's is more Jamie and yeah, yeah. out of pocket and fun. Yeah. Yes, but, um, uh, uh, yeah, this episode should be coming out soon, um, I hope. And, um, yeah, we, I think we have a lot of really good things planned this year. Uh, but mainly for this episode, I think um, we did a very good job considering that we started the podcast only a few weeks back because, um, you know, we meet once a week. So it's like, you know, we haven't done too much of it this year, but we've gotten to record an episode, write an episode, being able to do that. And everyone's been doing an incredible job and putting in a lot of effort. Uh, so I think this year is going to be a really good year. Um I'm very glad, like a lot of these um, segments, a few of them were written by some of our new writers, so shout out to them. They did a very good job. Um, didn't need much expl- explanation at all. Uh, they asked what to do, and we were like, just show us what you got, and they did it, and they did a really good job, so that's great. Um, yeah, but um, Jamie, do you have any last things you'd like to say, or... Um, explain things or just talk. I've been talking a lot. I mean, for my first episode, this has gone great. I got to interview some great people. Uh, I got to hang out with you guys. It's amazing. I like being on the podcast team. It's amazing. That's very good. Uh, uh, yes, good reviews. Five-star review from Jamie. I mean, totally not biased at all because he's in the podcast. Anyway, um, follow our podcast um, on social media and stuff because we're cool. Um Link in the description, guys. Uh, uh, so we're going to wrap up this episode here with Jamie. But uh, all right. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. That brings episode seven of the LGBTQ experience to a close. We hope you enjoyed learning about bisexuality. In the description, we will leave links to resources where you can learn more about this identity. We hope to see you in episode eight of the LGBTQ experience.